You're listening to Think. It's like think, but with an M instead of an N. A podcast for learning. The podcast where the two big dumb dumb boys in the whole school gotta pass that big test, so we got some studying to do, and you're sure here to uh, help us. I'm your host, Nicholas Rue, and I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> immediately <laughs> right out of the gates just falling on his ass is my co-host say introduce yourself well, you're can't. talking i can't i don't want to interrupt you i'm, I'm you the... don't you don't want to interrupt me now this is this is the part where you don't want to interrupt <laughs> well, that's me the bit the bit is that i don't want to interrupt because normally i do this is, uh, a, this is a new bit we're we're, we're trying new bits it's on called, this, it's called uh, courtesy <laughs> A new bit called Courtesy in episode 59. It's called Politeness. It's called Being Respectable. Uh, I'm your co-host, Paul Vine. That's all I have to say, really. Oh, you died. And this uh, semester, you're you're, you're coming along the journey while we take two classes. For this semester, we as normal students have signed up for two classes. It was cops. Nope. Uh, and I don't remember what the other bit was. The McElroy brothers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> a, a really great a really great thing yeah. to do is to, to just play, play a better podcast. podcast. In the middle of your podcast. Yeah, buddy. That <laughs> was <laughs> We're studying podcasts this semester. So we're trying to pad our lessons. <laughs> okay, I already did take a podcasting 101 course with Travis McElroy. So, you took a podcasting 101 course? Yeah, I took that like 3 years ago when we first started. Why didn't shit. you send me those notes? Uh, we talked about it for sure. And That's probably when we were drinking while recording. Yeah, oh no, it definitely was. That was like it was not good. For sure. Oh, I've look. I've now well, clipped. Probably clipped when I laughed about the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Some amount of this is getting left in, but I'm not sure what. Uh, listeners, if you listen to this podcast and laugh, uh, record yourself and see how often you clip and let us know. Um, we love to hear from you. Know how how funny we are. Uh, just sign up for the Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/thamp. Join our Discord channel and just fill it with audio of you laughing. We're going to start a channel called Laughs, and <laughs> just drop it in there. Drop an MP3, uh, a WAV file. Uh. Yeah. Uh, put it put it all in, honestly. Um, do your best Joker impression. Drop in the laughs. Don't, don't do your best Joker impression. Our, our topics this week are... Um, do your best Riddler impression. Uh, our topics... Do your best... Um, Burgess Meredith as the Penguin from the 1960s Adam West Batman series impression. Actually, any Burgess Meredith. Our topics. Our is, topics he, is he the one semester. who played? Is he, didn't he play Mickey and Rocky? Yeah. Okay. Cool. He was also the Penguin. So here's here's my best. Uh, He's also the guy from the um the episode of um the uh, Twilight Zone who wants to read all the glasses, books within his glasses, glasses break. Yeah. yeah. I do remember that. Which, I want to bring up again. This is a point of contention. There are still glasses stores. Yeah, he, well, he doesn't know how to grind. He has to learn how to grind his own lenses. Still, it's an entire world where they still have the glasses like it's, in the stores. It's pretty bold to assume, because like, isn't that like nuclear fallout, right? Like, isn't it like yeah. a bomb drop? 
And no, I don't. I, I guess. I thought because like it's bold to assume that he's the only human left alive, and he just was in a bank, and that was enough to protect him. Like he was in. The yeah, bank he was vault. in the vault. I don't think it's explicitly explained how everyone disappears. Um, uh, hmm. I I could have sworn it was. I don't think he's uh, like. Wow, they finally dropped the bomb. Everyone disintegrated in the whole world. Time to get me a reading. Because there's like no one left. Yeah, literally nobody. It's not like a continent away. Unless it's mutually assured destruction. Still pretty cocky for him to be like, I'm the only one left. And there are still books left? Oh, no. It, yeah, it straight up says he sees a newspaper headline which reads, H-bomb capable of total destruction. And an enormous mm-hmm. explosion outside the bank violently shakes the vault, knocking him unconscious. When he wakes up, everybody died. L- like the entire city is dead. But and, we don't see any corpses. Oh no! Well, you—that's—they uh, didn't have the budget for that, really. <laughs> what that was, because this was season one, baby. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, that was also um, him. If if uh, CBS wants to give us money to do our own reboot of the Twilight Zone, we will make sure that that episode is remade and all the corpses are there. And yeah, Jordan Peele, who. Yeah, what was boys? Yeah, we got give us that corpse budget. That's ninety percent of our budget. Hey, wait, 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 what about this joke? Hey, Jordan Peele, get out of here! Ooh, this this podcast. Jordan. This is about us now. Yeah, that you got it before I got it. Uh, this semester, speaking of us, this semester we are uh, studying It's a Night at the Movies, which is not what this episode is about, and then topics in science fiction. Or science fiction topics. I forget the way we put it after I think a it was, few I think San I, Francisco I, I, riffs. I think the, I demanded that it was SF because speculative fiction. SF. Which gives, right. which gives us a little bit more to work with, I think. Because science, which, science fiction is science. But SF can be like any. SF is okay. Topics in SF. I um. But before that, there was something you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about Chinatown, right? No. What? Chi- <laughs> you didn't want to do a bit about Chinatown. Uh, I I don't remember enough about Chinatown. You didn't want to ruin your future SNL prospects by doing. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> An extended rip. I've honestly done my best to fucking not follow that whole story. <laughs> <laughs> because like other than like somebody dug up Patton Oswald's old like when the Asiana aircraft or airline crashed mm-hmm. he, he made a, a Chinese person named joke which was not funny then and it's still really not funny now yeah it hasn't somehow magically become funny but also he was one of the people like I don't know I, I that shit's weird like on the one hand, people can grow. On the other hand, like people have to actually show that they're fucking growing. Yeah, I, there's an entire school of people that think comedy is really just like saying the Slurred. worst thing you can think of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like comedy should be offensive. It's like that's such a bizarre concept. That's what some people think. We don't here at Thamp don't know the first thing about comedy. Yeah. Well, first off, what we do is not can. It's yeah, it's a stretch to be learning. called comedy. Yeah. It is educational-ish. Not comedy-ish. Education. We have no legal claims to being funny, except maybe our category on iTunes. 
Are we? And Google Play. Are we in the, the funny category? Is that... I, th- I don't know. I'd have... Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't know how to change that. I meant to put learning, but you know, there's just so many buttons. Yeah. I mean, you should have just put us in all of them, you know? Really? This is a, it's a, this is a very serious podcast. Right. Like, it can be considered nonfiction. It can be considered history. It can be considered comedy Historical sometimes. nonfiction. It can be considered romance. Mm. Uh, it can be considered, like, all, all, I think we could feasibly fit into all the categories. We are steampunk. We, we uh, are... All the other types of punk. Solar punk. Biography. Biography punk. Biopunk. Actually, biopunk is the thing. That's like fucking Snowpiercer ass shit. Snowpiercer. Yeah. Trains are bad. No, that's not what the. That is not. I didn't the, watch that movie. That's not the theme of that movie. The theme of that movie is not trains are bad. It <laughs> yeah, is. It's like the train won't stop. Yeah, because the train is like being fed children to, to keep going, basically. What? The, the train's not eating the children, but like. The the rich guy who like runs the train literally kidnaps children to like put inside. Chris the mach- Evans? No, Chris Evans' uh, dad or whoever the fuck it is. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I maybe Snowpiercer will come up later. We don't need to do a little. We can do a whole thing on that guy's movies. Buddy, I got, I got a whole thing that we should get into. Um, can I talk really briefly about this? Uh, horrifying thing only because it's going to be real short and it's yeah, I feel the like the bell hasn't rung yet which I think is the current thematic conceit of this alright cool uh, saved by the bell it's coming back um, no uh, Antarctica scientists find bizarre creature 35 meters uh, 3500 meters under the ice like nothing ever seen before um, this this is this is that movie yeah no, this is that two movies this is this the, is that short story yeah, this that is, inspired two movies. What is this? Uh, well, my computer started auto-playing video because we live in hell. Uh, That's great. But I just need you to see this photo of the man holding the weird, like, translucent okay. worm. So it looks like it looks like a big, clear, um, kind of like a slug. Like a see-through slug? Yeah, it looks... Or, or like, uh... Those things that you buy at, like, a Cracker Barrel. It looks like a very cold and very stoned man holding, like, a little gooey bunny. Yeah, like a... Yeah, it does look like a gummy bunny slug. Like a big old ball of snot. It's it's very gross looking, and... Yes, yeah, so this is basically the plot to uh, At the Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft. So... Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Huh, it doesn't look anti-Semitic to me. Uh, well, it, it hasn't really done anything. And that <laughs> that one's more about... Give uh, it a minute. Yeah, that one's more about a fear of, like, a slave class, like, m- miscegenating with the uh, their masters and then kind of, like, overthrowing them. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm getting that vibe from this little goo boy. This little uh, sad sack uh, Sorry, you, you handful. Cut, yeah, you cut out there for a second. Did you say this little Goebbels? <laughs> that's basically what I said. All right, cool. Uh, was that what you wanted to talk about? Yeah, that's all I wanted to bring up. Cause... Well, that's a little topic in SF. 
Yeah, I, I was like on the drive home and somebody sent that and I was just like, well. They were like, Paul, you told me that personally tell you whenever there's a little goo boy that crawls out of the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta let me know. I'm the, I gotta be the Kurt, first one to know. We have to call you and Kurt Russell because he's gonna Molotov cocktail it. And, uh, uh, oh shit, who's the other guy? Keith David, right? Yeah. Yeah, Keith David. Not David Keith, different guy. Keith David. Yeah. Narrator of NBC's The Cape. Um, God, somebody the, just said it looks like my ex-wife. Thanks, Tra- Travis. If Travis listens to this, I think that was Travis that said that. Yeah, this is a shout-out to our friend Travis. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I wrote... So I want to get into uh, my topic with a little um, song I wrote. I felt like what this podcast is really missing with both both of our uh, mutual interests is um, uh, song parodies. Sure. Um, for those of you who remember that this is an audio format and Nick and I are on a video call, he's brought out a giant plaque of wood <laughs> behind him, and now he's climbing up onto it. He seems to be making himself into a life-size Billy Bass. I think I got it. All right. You see? Do you see my little my little oh, fish suit? Yeah, you're flipping and you're flying. The hardest, the hardest part is getting my mouth to work with the fish mouth. I had to build an extension onto my mouth. Yeah. So, so it doesn't quite move the way I want it to. Well, if if people went to the Patreon and gave us more money, you could probably fix that. You know, but it's it looks pretty good for. Yeah. Also, I'd really like to hire someone to uh, press the button. Because yeah. I feel like once I get in character, it, it like it's hard for me to fully commit to this Billy Bass, yeah, Billy somebody, the Big Mouth Bass musical Bass character yeah. when I don't have someone to press a little red button below me. Right, like you need to have that happen. Um, so, well, now I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do uh, uh, an ear piercing and some and, and a cool cool kind of bang swoop to the side with a uh stussy hat backwards you see that yeah yeah i, I got my, and then i got my chain wallet okay is this a and, lance? Uh, are some, you lance some, bass now is that what's going i got on? some lance bass would never wear that and um <laughs> i have some dcs on okay. my fins okay oh because you're poking off i wanted to get one big dc but the patreon uh wouldn't support one big dc being custom made right so, so i settled for just two yeah so what you're getting at is that you're a real big fish is that no no hold on, let me just sing the song oh okay and then, well it's kind of like a it's kind of like a like a diss song at you but like oh good you're my buddy and i love you let me just do it you'll get it we can talk about it afterwards it's like Hello there, co-host from my nightmare. There he is, checking his phone again. <laughs> He's not paying attention. <laughs> He's Googling something different. Will you look up and continue this bit with me? Continue this bit with me. <laughs> Don't waste your time listening to this <laughs> podcast. It can't be described as good. <laughs> It's pretty good. Pretty good introduction to um, the uh, topic in SF this week, which is um, Tom DeLonge's search for aliens. aliens. All right, cool. I thought that's where this was going to go. It would have been really weird if you were just like, we're just going to talk about Blink-182, the band. We're going to talk about how much I miss you. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, cool. 
So, so um, tell me so, about Mr. Thomas Long. Thomas of Long. So, so do, have you, do you know the recent news? I saw something earlier today that said the CNN or CNN said that the Navy confirmed UFOs are real or some shit. But I don't yes. know if that's what you're getting for. Going for. We we are going to take a journey from um, Blink-182's 1999 output, Dude Ranch, all the way to um, the official uh, Air Force statements of today. Or yesterday. Oh, or yesterday? Th- earlier this week, by the time this is released. Okay, cool. I'm just Googling um, UFO, just to... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's the CNN article was updated today. So, if you Google UFO um, movie, there's one from last year starring Gillian Anderson that I was an extra in. Yet for some reason, the Wikipedia doesn't say Nicholas Rue as student in back oh, uncredited. Well, we can fix that because you should show up for a couple other films if you Google Nicholas Rue. <laughs> yeah, if you really pay attention to Wikipedia, I have quite a background acting career. You do have an IMDb page where you're I do. credited as hallucination number one. We should really make sure to get you and those other films that you did on there. I'm a ghost and a cop on IMDb, if I remember correctly. Uh, you were uh, also Original Sin. <laughs> and you were, and you, Creep on Plane. Back, background Creep. Uh, no, background Creep. Creep, creep, creep right. on Plane got removed for being uh, irrelevant. Not not completely made up or a lie. Yeah. Just so any listeners at home who aren't familiar know, I, um, in the 80s, about a decade before I was born, had quite an acting career in the background of Bruce Willis films, which is a true fact that you can find on Wikipedia. And this it has been true for at least four or five years now. At least four or five years. So... Thomas Long. Tom is DeLong. Is that which his... Is, uh, is, French for of, of Long. Is that his full name? Does he have a full name? Does he have a full... I mean, he certainly has a partial name. That's true. So why, why wouldn't he have a full name? Well, I just didn't know if he, went, if he was like a Thomas or if he was like... Oh, man, no. They just straight up say that he was born Tom DeLong. Yeah, and there's a picture of him skateboarding. He's cool. You know that. Playing guitar, playing guitar again. Okay. Holding a microphone. Mm. I feel like I just learned a lot about this band, which is that his dad was an oil company executive and his mother was a mortgage broker. <laughs> I feel like I've... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How oh. do you think they got away with doing dick jokes? Yeah. Just like something Something was like, how did this band get so much money and popularity? Like, well, when your dad's an oil exec... Yeah, when some rich parents bankroll their loser skateboard kids and they become an inspiration for an entire generation. Until 1999, no, until the uh, mid-2000s, uh, wherein Tom DeLonge decided he didn't want to be in the band anymore. Mm-hmm. And he left, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure you know the history of Blink-182. I know that... Their song First Date was featured in the uh, Jonathan Brake directed masterpiece Clock Stop. Yes. Um, they are most known for being featured on the soundtrack of Clops, 
Clobstockers. Clobstockers. Clobstockers is a different thing. What that is, I don't know. <laughs> right? Put that in a file somewhere. That's that's a good... Uh, yeah, that's horror, for another episode. Yeah, that's a good horror movie name. So, Tom DeLong and his good friend and fellow skateboarder, Mark Hoppus, started a band, and then uh, they had a different drummer, and then he stopped, and then they brought in Travis Barker, and then Travis Barker just played drums, and then um, Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLong argued a whole bunch. And then eventually, Tom DeLong decided to do the normal punk rock thing and quit the band to um, start another band and then also Look. find out the truth about aliens. Right. It's kind of a mutual thing. Do you think? Do you think it was the music or do you think it was the aliens that really so, tore from up? What I understand, Blink One Eighty Two apart. I think it was a little bit of everything. Because I feel... I think it's when, like, two friends start a project and they get really excited about it, and then they spend a few years doing it, and then they just hate each other. Yeah, and then there's just... There's a lot of really passive-aggressive sniping back and forth. Just a lot. And then one of them leaves to go find out about aliens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just that thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes drummers come in and out. They'll be around for a while, and then there's not one. Yeah, if you go back and listen to the early episodes of us, you get a little bit of drumming on this. We didn't understand to not, like, touch the table. It wasn't until until we brought in actual drummer, uh, Engineer Harold. Yeah. And he left to go find out about aliens. Damn. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You so can't, the you... way he describes it is, have you ever heard uh, Angels and Airwaves? I've never listened to... So, to me, I think... Mm-hmm. As a person who did not study for this class at all, to me the thing that I know about Blink One Eighty Two is that Mark Hoppus is a good singer with yeah. with actually a pretty beautiful voice. Yes, and Tom DeLonge is singing in the like I don't know if he started it, but certainly he helped contribute to the the Ed the whiny pop punk. Yes, and Which also is- he. He talks about his yet a lot. It's all in his yet. I think, and I think what that is is that's short for Yeti, and he's talking about those uh, like coolers and water bottles that are starting to catch oh, on. Oh, buddy, no, he is absolutely talking about the actual uh, creature. Oh, the supposed Yeti. creature, the Yeti. Yes, he does believe in Bigfoot. Oh, it's, okay. So when he says the voice inside my yet, he's talking about the Yeti. He's talking about the Yeti he's voice. Ta- <laughs> he's listening for he's the ta- voice of the Yeti. From doing this research, I believe that that there is about a 98% chance that Tom DeLonge does believe that there is a way to mentally and spiritually commune with a Yeti. How about physical? Oh, baby, that's the easy part. Okay. I guess that's true. That's true. You can, because it's easy to physically commune with the Yeti, but who knows if you're Mm -hmm. really connecting on a spiritual or religious level. They're hard to read. They're one of the... uh, their their handwriting uh, is very and they it's, and they it, use cursive which is, which is bu- which bullshit which is funny yeah they invented cursive yeah yetis invented cursive you heard it here folks the yetis the bigfoots they're all uh, loopy writers do they is there a is like like this is getting maybe a little bit off the topic but like is it 
No, it's it's real on topic. But like the Yetis and Bigfoots, like those are supposedly the same thing, but it just yeah. in different areas. Like that's kind of like the idea is that they all make up like one family of cryptid. Like are yeah, this is this is basic, baby. Right, but but is that a name? Is there a name for that like group of cryptids like Bigfoot or? I think they're big feats. Okay. Uh, what else would you call them? Well, I don't know. Like it's like the Minnesota Mudman. I'm sorry, the who? <laughs> the well, Cuyahoga if, Furry Mountain. If you Google Bigfoot, well, I've go- yeah. uh, what I did is I googled Bigfoot. Um, you do get a YouTube link that just says two Bigfoots are recorded when talking. Yeah. Which I wish they could have recorded them when they weren't I think talking. it's like the thing with like The Last Jedi where it could be singular or plural, so the term for multiple big, Bigfoot is Bigfoot? Uh, actually, it's, you can do Bigfoots or Bigfeet, apparently, or okay. bo- are both except... We should go to, well, the, I guess I, we should go to the Cryptid Museum in uh, we, Portland, Maine. Is, is that a topic in SF? Because I think it might be. It could be. I think it could be. But See, this it's, one. it's not a topic in science fiction, but speculative fiction. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. We're, that's why you kept it vague. I mean, that's why the 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 per, the course, uh, the instructor kept it vague. Uh, so tell me about. All I will tell you about. Apparently, according to Tom DeLonge himself, um, he wanted to start Angels and Airwaves as a um, transmedia empire, is how he described it, a, a transmedia venture, where he would do music, movies, books. He wrote the album first because, as we all know, he's he's famous from the from the music. Which, yeah, by the way, it was uh, Mark Hoppus started Boxcar Racer, which people liked all right. It wasn't as fun as uh, like Blink One Eighty Two, but there were songs people liked, and then no one liked Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, that's the thing I know about Angels and Airwaves is that it was universally pretty much disliked. They released like two albums right when it came out, and um, uh, Tom DeLonge said like that they were going to be that it was going to start like a new revolution in music and that he used the like it's going to be bigger than jesus line and then later said that yeah he said he like hurt his back and slipped a vertebrae and he was on a lot of painkillers okay so we've all and that's why it sucked so hard (laughs) oh okay well i know he's he's clean now okay so they're good what you're saying is that album that they just put out right then they just put out an album i would not go so far as to say it's good or i have listened to it (laughs) i would never (laughs) i would never say that i will do my research but i will i don't need to go that far into it i don't like that when i google angels and airwaves immediately google's like oh fuck hold up i don't like that when you're typing it looks like your hands are coming at me trying to tickle me yeah well um, buddy, they apparently are playing. Angels and Airways is playing here in December at Bogarts. So, buddy, so he wanted to do Angels and Airways and make movies to release with the music. But then, uh, he figured it would be easier to get funding for the movies because movies cost more than he thought if they released books. And one of the ideas they were presented was about aliens. And that's when kind of everything, well, that and the painkillers, are when everything started really going aliens for Tom DeLonge. Okay, so he didn't start at aliens. 
I mean, he's apparently always been like a guy into aliens. Right. Like he did write the song Aliens Exist. Right. But it wasn't really about aliens. I think it was kind of like a like a like a thing that's always been there for him. He, as he describes it, he's always been interested in the phenomenon. Okay. And uh oh boy, he got interested in the phenomenon. He um he's gone through a series of things. So originally he started something called um Strange Times. In 2011, he started a website called Strange Th- Times which was devoted to aliens, paranormal, cryptozoology, and conspiracy theories. Um, I didn't follow the full extent of anything he's done outside of UFOs, but I did watch a video where it's Mark Hoppus interviewing angels and airwaves, and Mark Hoppus, with a certain amount of familiarity, um, asked them what conspiracy theories has uh, Tom told you about. And uh, one guy immediately says that Tom DeLonge told him that there is a um, a war across space and time against people in like the um, in like thirty eight thousand and forty six thousand, and there's a prism that they they wage war through. I'm and thirty eight thousand what? Like in, in the future. Oh, the year thirty eight. Yes, the year. Tom DeLonge told him. Yeah, uh, and Tom DeLonge, while he while this band member was recounting it, seemed like well, you only half got it because then someone cut him off, and um, one of the other band members was like, "Oh, has Tom told you where Atlantis is?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, he says it's like blah blah blah." And he's like, "No, you guys are ridiculous. It's seventy two miles northeast of the island of Sicily." Or something like that. Like he's very specific in that. That's... He also ble- believes that two cops um, did find bear, did find Bigfoot, and that they were both fired for bringing to the public that they had found Bigfoot. Okay, I see. When you said that, <laughs> I thought you meant that they found Bigfoot, and Bigfoot had the authority to like let them go from their job. <laughs> like Bigfoot okay. turned up. Turned out, big. They did find Bigfoot. Bigfoot is the fucking police, the police chief, and you blew his cover. I, he was undercover. <laughs> so now, <laughs> now mm, you've lost, you're out of a job. That's what happens. I mean, it kind of sounds like this is you know that's no frogman. That's my wife territory. But it's more like that's no Bigfoot. That's the best goddamn agent at this precinct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, maybe a better movie. I I would be here for a movie in which Bigfoot plays a cop, like an undercover cop. Oh yeah, like I I can't tell if it's funnier if a cop goes undercover as Bigfoot, or for Bigfoot for whatever reason is going undercover as a cop. I think no, I think it's that that double that double whammy situation where the cops find Bigfoot and then they find out that Bigfoot is an undercover cop, but then that is not that cop is Bigfoot. Okay. So like, it's not a human disguised as Bigfoot. So what we're talking about here is like the departed, but one of them is Bigfoot. <laughs> what we're talking about is exactly Martin Scorsese's the departed, but, um, either Matt Damon or Leonardo DiCaprio, if I remember correctly, is Bigfoot. Yeah. I, I think Leo could do Bigfoot. He did the Revenant. And, the other one's the New Jersey Devil. 
Yeah, and they have to invade each other's uh, cryptid groups. <laughs> Bigfoot's got to go undercover as a Jersey Devil, and the Jersey Devil has to go undercover as a Bigfoot. Everything else is itself. everything else is the same. It, it writes itself. This is great. Look, Nick. Not only are we getting yes. one one of these classes, we're gonna get Nan for sure. But the other class, we're gonna be fighting the fucking like the material for them to come. We're gonna be we're gonna be teachers by the end of this. I'm already putting. It, I'm already working on my TA application. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Uh, basically he stopped uh making music for a while i got a bigfoot over here (laughs) tom delong took a step away from from the music to work on his screenplay i'm sorry Um, i'm thinking of that video of the guy tom it's a baby whale jay (laughs) but he's talking about bigfoot now you know that video with the fucking sunfish and the guy's just like Oh, you've not seen Paul, it? Paul, bad podcast content is talking about videos. No, it's good. It's a good video. Go watch it in your own time. Okay. I will, in my own time. In 2013, he released a children's book called The Lonely Astronaut on Christmas Eve. That is a title. And, yes. And so this is uh, kind of the introduction into what uh, Tom DeLonge considers the plan. So he, in a lot of things, he's really tight-lipped about it. But the basic narrative that I've been able to gather is that uh, Tom DeLonge spent a long time reading everything he could about UFOs. And... He believes that a lot of the information out there that make people think UFOs aren't real and are crazy is a conspiracy or intentionally planted by the government to cover up the exact, the real existence of aliens. <clears throat> His way of gathering information, as he puts it, is that he effectively reached out to certain people in the government, certain people in the know, and then told them, hey, I know this stuff. I know stuff that you're <clears throat> that that we're not supposed to know. I know that you know stuff that you can't tell me. It's like and his main conceit of that is that effectively a lot of the stuff we have actually seen is government technology being created to try and emulate stuff we've seen from aliens. That aliens are here, but also a lot of the more transparent things are are the world and United States government, world governments and United States governments attempting to recreate the alien technology. Okay. Kind of from the outside in. Okay. And so a lot of people he's talked to have been people that he believes are instrumental in that. And the role that he's offering is he's saying, I have this company and he, um, that does music, movies, and and books. And if you give me information, I can be a tool for you. I know this is hard keeping all this information secret and you don't want to. And that you want to you want to tell people, but you can't tell people because you're afraid that them knowing about aliens would overwhelm them. So let me use my reach and my, my media connections in my company to start 
spreading, slowly spreading the information that aliens are real to prime people. Okay. So, the biggest problem that I see Mm -hmm. is that it seems like it would be really easy for any wackadoo on the street to just approach Tom DeLonge with info and get him yeah. to write about it or to well he's not just reaching out to any wackadoo who who's that's the important thing okay so it's not like he doesn't like have a submission form on his website that's just like did you see an alien oh did no, no. I- he said um i mean there are certain contacts that he can't mention any that he, he he's been you know pointed to that but he said like the government tapped his phone because that there was someone a contact who was assembling like um 146 hours of of footage of evidence to prove the existence of aliens um as a means of gathering it for a congressional hearing okay. on the existence of aliens and that he had the best 36 hours of it and that's why um he was tapped one of the uh, more interesting things is that he was in the leaked Podesta emails. Oh, that's right. Cause, like, I, I do remember that. What was the, the circumstance, though? Because that I don't remember. But I do remember uh, seeing that he, like... Because it wasn't his whole thing. Because Hillary said that she would release the... The UFO. She said, basically said, "I will release X Files if I win the presidency." Yes. So, effectively, he reached out to uh, John Podesta in what seems to be kind of like a, you know, in regards to aliens, I'd, I'd really like to talk to you. And first email. He got a second email <clears throat> that that re- I'll read the whole thing uh, to you. Hi, John. Tom DeLong here. The one who interviewed you for that special documentary not too long ago. Things are moving with the project. The novels, films, and nonfiction works are blooming and finishing. Just had a preliminary meeting with Spielberg's chief operating officer at DreamWorks. More meetings are now on the books. I would like to bring two very important, quote-unquote important, people out to meet you in D.C. I think you will find them very interesting, as they were principal leadership relating to our sensitive topic. Both were in charge of most fragile divisions, as it relates to classified science and DoD topics. Other words, they are A-level officials, worth our time, as well as the investment to bring all the way out to you. I just need two hours from you. Just looking to have a casual and private conversation in person. Here are some photos from material I'm using as I meet with studio partners. And that's not there. But. So... What do you think he was talking to DreamWorks about? I there's also a part where he sold he said he sold a series to um Vice, which he didn't. But he did sell a series to I, I believe it was Discovery, because they'll just do anything at this point. Yeah, I mean they yeah. As long as it makes some money. But that is effectively his angle, that he has a company that he he knows what's going on, then that he deserves information. When did this email come out? This has been 2016, right? 
I think it, it, it's from 2015, late 2015, but did come out in 2016. Okay, so the movie Home did come out in 2015, and that is a film with aliens in. Is it possible? That Who's that from? That's from DreamWorks. It's possible. I'm wondering if they they were they were like, "Hey, we're doing this movie on aliens. We hear you got the details." Oh, buddy, they're making um, Boss Baby too. Holy shit! I got to get off this page right now. Apparently, um, Tom DeLonge and Podesta had a Google Hangouts meeting <laughs> with several other people, um, and it was important enough that um, someone had to teach Podesta how to use Google Hangouts for it. Oh, that's awesome! Holy shit! Uh, one of the people that... So, there's a time that Tom DeLonge describes meeting with a um, a general, a high-ranking general, who he says um, he told what information he knew to, and they basically said, what can I do to help you? And he said he needed advisors. So, he constantly references this general that... Um, hooked him up with 10 advisors advisors that are experts in like all different sorts of fields that are all doing the same alien related stuff but the pe- the people that uh he specifically references someone in the email and this is apparently the general uh general William McCaslin who's the former commander of Air Force Research La- or the Air Force Research Laboratory laboratory that's um helping him hone his message to the youth and the, the email that he sends John Podesta after the meeting is um, apparently during it, William McClasson said that he was a skeptic. And so Tom DeLong writes, he mentioned he's a skeptic. He's not. I've been working with him for four months. I just got done giving him a four-hour presentation on the entire project a few weeks ago. Trust me, the advice has already been happening on how to do this all. He just has to say that out loud. He is very, very aware. He was in charge of all the stuff. When Roswell crashed, they shipped it to the laboratory at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. General McCaslin was in charge of that exact laboratory up until a couple years ago. He not only knows what I'm trying to achieve, he helped me assemble my advisory team. He's a very important man. Right, Pat? <laughs> yeah. They shipped the UFO to Wright-Patterson. According to Tom DeLong, yes. Damn, that's... Nick, that's like an hour away from me now. <laughs> you should probably storm I, the... Well, it's all, it's all gone now. Wright-Patterson's still there. The UFO okay, might be so, gone. So... To conclude the Podesta arc, um, apparently there's another email months later where uh, <laughs> Tom DeLong said, I hope you get my emails and I hope I am not bugging you. So at some point, John Podesta just ghosted him. Yeah, he just had to ghost him. Well, that's because he's getting too close. Yeah, and then after the emails leaked, Tom DeLong, when asked about it, was like, you know, the tap was open and then when all that came out, it closed up. That kind of information can't go to the public. Um, apparently, Project Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book uh, did take place at Wright-Patterson. Like, so, like, historically, Wright-Patterson has been the UFO studies hotspot. Which are, what are both of those? Uh, Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book were different versions of, mm-hmm. um, like, UFO sighting basically studies they were like collecting information on 
Anytime somebody said they saw a UFO, that was like the classified name for those projects where they were like looking into that. That I don't know much other than like literally that's the stuff that's brought up. Like Project Blue Book is brought up in the X Files. It's also um kind of it inspired the the thing in Twin Peaks to return. Oh really? Yeah, that Project Blue Book was actually what led them to know about like the existence of the lodges. Okay. But I don't think they call it Blue Book. I think it's Blue Rose. I think that's how they alter it to fit that narrative. Yeah, so Project Sign was a study that was active in 48, and then they followed that with Project Grudge, which was uh, 49 to 51. And then Project Blue Book was the one that came after Project Grudge, and that's the one that's a little bit more famous, because uh, that went from 52. Is that with the Japanese ghost... Um crawled out of the shower to kill all the people yes yes that was it uh, that was actually uh if it was japanese that's actually juan oh i'm sorry the adaptation starring sarah michelle geller yes please actually was the ghost still japanese in that i, I it's it, well, it's that japanese depiction of the ghost which is like the long black hair and the white dress and it's very derivative they didn't do an American ghost. I mean, it's a vaguely American ghost. Yeah, I mean, I really want to... I need to... Those are on my list to watch in um, October. But... Film studies. Oh, she is... So she's living in Japan in the American yes. grudge. Yes, it's a Japanese ghost. I told you. I know everything about I didn't realize the grudge you, movies. You were so into Sarah Michelle Gellar's entire oeuvre everything especially the scooby-doo movies that's right she was uh daphne right sure was and linda card cardinelli cardellini what's her i always fuck up her last name played velma jesus christ no it wasn't Sorry. jesus i'm getting a. I was getting a uh it's cardellini uh, yeah linda cardellini my my computer played an ad Again. Oh yeah, it's like I No, that I love autoplays. It makes it really easy to do some sort of like background research or, or to do another thing while you're recording audio and you just suddenly have like a, a man screaming at you about the general insurance because they heard you just say the word general a bunch of times and they're like, He probably needs car insurance. Let's get him. One eight hundred general now. Well, okay, so even though John Podesta ghosted him. Right. That wasn't... That's not even halfway through the saga of what Tom DeLonge is actually doing. The main thing is that in... um, (laughs) God, in 2015, he started the To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences which is the organization under which he has done just oodles of research, or I, you can call it research. That's where he does all his, that's where he's getting all his sweet, sweet alien videos that he sent into the government yeah. that they have to talk about now. Right. And, alright, I, I want to talk about him and his conspiracy, but, uh, let's, let's take a quick break. Okay. Let's throw it to let's throw it to the sponsors. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'll find the right way to um, 
to contextualize this. Okay, sure, I don't know what that means exactly, but alright. We'll be right back. And we're back. Alright, well, I thought I was going to bring us back, but that's cool. We're back. And we're back. Nick, tell, tell me. No, I was just saying. I was, I was telling you. Oh, you're telling me that we're back so that I can introduce that we're back. Yeah. Hey, Nick, you know what my favorite animated movie about dinosaurs is? Uh, The Good Dinosaur. I uh, know. No, damn it. That's everyone's favorite. The Good Dinosaur. Everyone saw that movie. The Good Dinosaur doesn't have John Goodman in it. Pixar's hit film, The Good Dinosaur. No, don't. Stop advertising for Disney properties. You can't stop me. You can only stop me with the money. You know I've always been more of a DreamWorks guy because I'm always making that face where one eye's real big and then the other one's all scrunched up. Yeah, like, you, who's you, that, who, who's that you, rascal? You is have, what people say when they see me making that face. You spend a lot of uh, time, energy, and money trying to make yourself look like an exact replica of Barry the Bee. I'm getting one eye Botoxed and one eye stretched out by doctors for money. I'm getting a little stinger on the outside that if you break it off, I die. I am imagining a I'm doctor. I'm getting my in- vocal cords burnt and covered in honey. Which is what happens at the end of that movie, <laughs> if I remember correctly, for the heresy he spoke against the hive. I think we watched a different film. I never made it past the plane crash. Oh, okay. Dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, you just assume that that was that was the whole film. <laughs> I assume that's how he died. Speaking of committing, uh, um, speaking of aerial uh, machines crashing. Hmm. Yeah. Just tell me about these UFOs. Oh, do you want to talk about the To the Stars Academy? Yeah, tell me about the To the Stars Academy. So that's Tom DeLonge's effort to make um, a Disney, but for aliens. Uh, That was his multi, or as he called it, transmedia empire, um, which he was going to make books and TV, which to to his um, credit, he has released a book um, called Secret Machines. Yeah, I was just looking that up. Yeah, book one, implying that there's going to be a whole damn series called Chasing, it's subtitled Chasing Shadows. Um, that a lot, you know, friggin' Larry King likes, um, Tim Semivan, a retired 25-year career veteran of the CIA's National Clandestine Service. Which, okay, that leads into the whole thing. He also has a TV series called Undiscovered that, like, just started on the History Channel. But it seems like... Uh, Tom DeLong is using this to, um... Make money. Be- well, he's, he is, his passion really is creating, uh... Media. Media about these, uh, aliens. Do you... That exist. Think that means that we'll get a To The Stars Academy streaming service? I think if he could. Um, so that's one thing. There's a lot of people that are former um, military, CIA. He's very dodgy about it, which is where you kind of have to connect uh, uh, the pieces. Because he'll, like, say... He'll he'll describe people that he's talking to. Like, he says... Um, 
He's working with hundreds of scientists from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and different universities around the world. Scientists from Lockheed Martin, um, who were the people that did the the people that were designed the uh, Area Fifty One, the Skunk Sack, or whatever that part was called. Um, it seems like he's kind of just bleeding money towards these people. Last year, the financial filing with the SEC, um, the to the Stars Academy of Arts and Scientists, Sciences, uh, reported that it had, in, quote, incurred losses from operations and had uh, accumulated deficit at June 30th, 2018, of um, $37,432,000. That is a lot of money to spend. It's a lot of money. Uh, And the main result, the only thing we've seen is this week when uh, there were three videos that they posted. They claim to have, um, once again, he was really dodgy about it. But basically, it seems like he found the videos. He got the video somehow. They put the, the watermark on it and then sent it to, was it Times? And, um, that's what got the government attention, which the, the U.S. Navy. So those, those videos came out like last year, right? Or two years ago? Yeah. Over the past couple, two years, I think there are three specific videos that have come out. And, um, cause I remember those coming out and then the, the times basically just reporting that they came out and then there was no confirmation or anything. So, so what happened today or in the past couple of days was that we got like confirmation that they are real or at least show something that is unidentified. Yes. That it's, uh, they refer to them as unidentified aerial phenomenon and confirm that they are genuine video. So have you seen the videos? Uh, I think I've seen the one video, right, where the where it's like a guy talking and he's just like, oh, right, because like one of them was, I I don't know if I've seen all three of them. There's effectively the three videos. They're all effectively the same thing. One is um, Flil, Fliller one. One is Gimbal and one is called Go Fast, and they're all effectively radar gun footage of um just black and white kind of grainy footage that has numbers and letters marking and then like a trigger in the middle that is clearly some radar operator like locking in or following these um just mysterious floating white objects right and and do they move and does one of them show like it moving in a way that they're like there's nothing that can uh, do that uh, most of the videos are just them like damn what is that that's going so fast yeah dude Dude, what is that? So it's not this it's not as nearly as exciting as you would think it would be. Yeah, it's not like unfortunately, it's not like it's a thing straight up coming down from the sky and then like picking up a person or a cow or a little green man popping out. It's just like an unknown blob moving very quickly. Right. And there's also some footage in interviews that Tom DeLonge uh, 
said was real that when you watch it very clearly looks like a film student's uh, effort at making a UFO blend in to cell phone footage, which could be a psyop. I'm not saying it's not a psyop. I mm, might be. Could be. But I do get kind of a vibe that the arts and the, the Tom DeLong's school, his academy, um, is, t- t- says, uh, is being allowed. Maybe just, they might just be sending a lot, everything, just all the footage to the government and not stop calling. That's what Tom DeLong said when they're like, how do you, a pop punk guy, just show up and get information? And he's like, well, you don't take no for an answer. You got to play guys off of other guys. You got to say, oh, I was talking to this guy about this and tell the other guy that, even though you never talked to that guy. Then you talk to that guy and tell him you were talking to the other guy. It's like I was in there playing mind games with him. So so Tom DeLong is basically Kevin Spacey's character from House of Cards, where he's just kind of like, Acting as a like the the whip, but with whoever that's that's what he thinks. Um, or at least okay. yeah, what he thinks is maybe a better way to describe that. This is I'll give you I'll, I'll read you an example from an interview with uh, Paper Magazine, where uh, he talks about how he got his information. He says uh, one time I remember bringing up a very specific craft that I believe we're building in secret to emulate the phenomenon that our government has been observing for decades. So I started talking about the craft and its magnetic slide system and how it displaces 89% of the mass of the ship, how it ionizes the engine, how it glows. I went through the whole thing and this engineer looks at me, this guy is 70 years old, and he goes, you better be real fucking careful about what you're talking about. And I go, okay, so I'm close. And he goes, I'm not fucking kidding with you. You better be really fucking careful. And he calls me up the next day and he goes, I've had calls about you. If someone comes and asks you to get in their car, don't fucking get in their car. Right. Okay. End quote. That's... mm. Okay. He also um, believes that... he, He took a trip to Area 51 with some friends and then... They, like, camped out by part of it, and they were waiting for some contact to be made, and then he said he uh, fell asleep, woke up at exactly 3 a.m., and when he woke up, he felt that he was surrounded by by about 20 people speaking English, but in a way he couldn't understand. <laughs> and, okay. And, he, and, that, and that he couldn't move, and the next morning... When he woke up, he asked two friends about it. Two of his friends said they had no idea what he was talking about. And the other one was like, you heard them too? Okay. All right. I'm into it. So there's also some kind of telepathic communication level. So why did his two friends not hear it? I don't know. I it He seems to think, or part of this theory, part of his belief is that this that aliens have always been with us that it's not a new thing that this is uh this like paranormal phenomenon a lot of things we can't explain like things that have been captured throughout different cultures throughout different religions are all aliens and that the aliens seek out um different people certain people 
to connect with. And they have to prove their worth by being technologically competent? Or... I don't know exactly if it's a technology thing. Because it really, when you put it like that, of like, no, they've always been there, but you have to prove yourself to them before they will assist you. And you start to get very much into a weird, like, Christianity kind of vibe almost. Well, that is um, a very uh, big thing that is not... Tom DeLong has not officially confirmed this is what he believes. He won't talk about that in detail. But there are um, other emails in the Podesta emails from people that Tom DeLong has worked with that more clearly lay out um, a, a plan that is along those lines, which is effectively that um, aliens are observing us, and these aliens uh, believe in God and uh, believe in peace and do not believe in free will, and that if humanity stops fighting and uh, surrenders to God, surrenders to a higher power, then we will be bestowed, that certain alien technologies will be bestowed upon us and aliens will reveal themselves to us. Okay. So the overlap does seem to be that the part of this belief is that, and I think that's where the whole angels and airwaves idea comes from. Is that like aliens are actually angel? Yes. Okay. So the the big thing that I have questions about there is that like in these ideas of aliens, it is very. It seems extremely missionary sent to Africa, kind of vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Of like. Oh, the the aliens are being sent out to go like talk to to the people and determine if they're like worthy of being quote unquote saved or whatever yeah. or or in this case worthy of receiving. I that's not what knowledge. That's not what mission trips are, right? They don't just go in and say like, "All right, you no you no won't no," talk but, but to, you get out of here. No, but there's like some level right of like we we go out and we spread our message, right? And yeah. there are going to be people who listen to us, and those people we will assist. And the other people we won't assist, or maybe we'll assist them, but there's, like, this kind of unspoken thing of, like, they have to be on board with our program. Otherwise, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, there yeah, is some, sometimes, like, sometimes, a, like a savior fantasy here. Right, like, some, you know, sometimes you're a missionary, right, and you go to, like, Africa or Asia. I would or, never be a, or, be a or, mystery. You go to missionary, um, maybe like an island nation, and then you build like a well, right? You, you build a well for some people, and you teach them a religion, and then eventually that religion starts to clash with like the original, you know, culture that was there, and sometimes a civil war happens. It just, you know, it just happens. Sometimes. So, oh. Well, there's also this idea amongst these people that there is a a war of the stars coming. Okay. A Star Wars. A Star Wars, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Which I think, really, they should be making movies about that. <clears throat> yeah. 
fuck the secret machines with a K. Like, give me the Star Wars books and film. With no K. <clears throat> yeah, there's no K in Star Wars. There's in Star Trek. And when 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 asked about when when asked why Tom DeLong is so um into aliens, his response was basically well, you know, you got all these people who are Christians and they're real into the, the Jesus narrative. Aren't uh aliens a whole lot cooler? Um than Jesus? Yeah. I don't know though. Because, like, what have aliens done? Well, I I believe fully in this that um, Tom DeLonge may believe that Jesus was an alien. Okay. Or at least influenced by aliens. Right, because what, what I'm saying is, like, if you look at the mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Aliens, mythology. Aliens yes. showed up. Well, there's first off, there's a lot of aliens. And plus, it gets really complicated when uh, Prometheus came out, but... You look at the alien mythology. Aliens may or may not have helped build the pyramid. They may or may not have done Stonehenge. They may or may not have abducted a bunch of cows and mutilated them. They may or may not anally probe people. They might just show up and fuck around with people just for the fun of it. Okay. So here's like that's like a sampling of what aliens have done. Jesus. Yes. Walked on water. Dope. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, turned a bunch of fish and bread into more fish and bread. Awesome. Great. Uh, kicked a bunch of money lenders out of a temple. Sweet. Material. Uh, got nailed to a cross. Aliens? No cross. They didn't get nailed to a cross. They just got back on their starship and headed for the sky. Uh, and then the last thing that Jesus did is uh, he did come back from the dead. Aliens have not done that so far. The closest is E.T. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, so, wait, is this a missionary trip? Are you trying to convert me? I, I'm not trying to convert this you to anything. This is not that I'm kind j- of podcast, Paul. I'm just saying that uh, that Jesus is cooler than aliens. Jesus you sound like is, a youth pastor. Yeah, You're Jesus. all out here with your Star Wars and your aliens. Do you know who I think's a real cool guy? A guy named Jesus Christ. I love that's it. what you do. I love that youth pastors. I like literally did a youth pastor bit over at Jake and Stu's place the other day, and and like yes, every youth pastor has that vibe of a, like has that voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, everybody, you, go ahead and grab your nearest partner and sit down. Today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus Christ. You got to have that. I told you about my my experience going to vacation Bible school, right? Uh, no, did he vape? No, but um, he did have a comp. He did, he did sit us all down. And he was like, and you know, I, I know heaven may seem like a real cool place and you can't wait to get there, but you can't just kill yourself and go to heaven. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was like eight years old. <laughs> you were He's like, like you why live not? Your life and then die. <laughs> you can't just, you can't just slit your wrist and bleed out and go straight to heaven because you think, oh, I just want to go to heaven. All right, little children. Yeah, you can't just go to the store and take some uh, uh, toilet bowl cleaner and bleach and mix them in the toilet and get to heaven real quick. No, don't do All that. Right, <laughs> Let's be clear. Do not do that. <laughs> kids. We're uh, done gluing sequins to magnets as a gift for your parents. Let's talk about how you shouldn't drink bleach so you can go high-five Jesus. Hey, kids. Uh, 
I know Jesus is going on, and you want to go hang out with him as soon as possible, and I understand that, but you cannot go home, take a spoon, and wrap the handle with a bunch of tape, and then microwave it for five minutes, and then take it out, and then run it in water in order to get to see Jesus quicker. You just cannot do that. Is that a thing? What is that, what that, does that do that you just described? Um, if you superheat a spoon, um, <laughs> and then put it in water, it will explode. Oh, and, but you're not like guaranteed to die. No, you're not. But, you but, but you probably cool probably spoon. like fuck up your hand and your face. That was the thing that people used to say on 4chan all the time. It was like, "Hey, do this thing; it'll be really cool." I don't know what that is. Uh, 4chan. I don't know what that is, and I don't want to think about it. Yeah, all right. We don't have to talk about it. It's bad. I'm just saying that, that that's an example. I don't, know, I don't know what those words mean. I only know 16chan. All right, so, you, so what you're saying is that, like, if you were maybe you woke up in a field surrounded by 20 people talking about 4chan, <laughs> you would have a very similar mm-hmm. experience to Tom DeLong. Yes. God. So aliens are real. I was thinking about making a joke, and I'm not going to make it because it's one of the most terrible things I remember from 4chan. Oh boy, yeah. Don't don't. We don't need to go. I tried to keep it relatively PG. Uh, I no. This is PG. Just the implications of it are fucking terrible. If you remember. Um. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> itty bitty baby, itty bitty boat. <laughs> That one's not even that bad. No, I'm gonna say I won't. I'm not gonna record myself saying the other thing though. No, it's not racist. It's just bad. Um, yeah, the whole place is bad and it should be burned to the ground. Um, listen, Paul, stop talking about fortune. At the end of the day, we gotta convert the aliens to Catholicism. <laughs> listen, you, you may think it's real fun starting a pop punk band with your friends, getting real rich and famous over 15 years, but one day it's not going to be so fun anymore, and then you're going to have to call Lockheed Martin and the CIA and play an intense game of politics and then start a college and, and waste almost $40 million paying some people that are like, uh, yeah, I saw a UFO. Yeah, I got footage. Now, I'll give it to you. Kids, I know that the devil seems like a cool guy. I know that the devil seems like a guy who just like, hey, I want to sit down and chill with him. But let me tell you about a little man I like to call General William Callister. (laughs) (laughs) He has hooked me up with 10 advisors. (laughs) Who in every single (laughs) area. All right. We've got people that are developing, uh, Engines that run on no energy, zero point energy. Uh, <laughs> we, who do you think made the iPhones? All right, let, let me let me talk to you about this. Hellfire? No. Gravitational shielding? Hell yeah. Hey, Paul, say what you want at Tom DeLong. Say what you want about Tom DeLong. <laughs> But at the end of the day, is it better that he's um, a middle-aged man that is just sinking all his fucking money into some grainy-ass alien footage? Uh, or should he still be singing songs about his teenage dick 
on stage to be f- to fourteen year olds. Uh, to be fair, uh, I believe his age was twenty two. Okay, so sorry, his early twenties uh, butthole anthems. <laughs> That's true. Um, butthole anthems. The shit piss. <laughs> butthole anthems is a pretty good way to describe most of Blink One Eighty Two's output. At what age is it like? Do you have to look in the mirror and realize that you are you're you have gray hair and to thousands of children every night you're saying shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker tits fart turd and twat because at the end of it i got a blowjob from your mom it's not funny it's just something weird to say to your children well that's like the entire vibe of like the vans warped tour (laughs) is right is like dudes in their late (laughs) 20s and like 30s and possibly early 40s at this point just trying to creep on 17 year olds oh absolutely the vibe of (laughs) meeting a girl at a rock show you can't sing what's my age again how did they do what's my age again do they update the lyrics they should update the whole lyrics not just the age like nobody likes you you know it's you know it's actually beautiful uh tom delong's age his birthday and his birth year are not on his wikipedia page oh wait really yeah that he he is born on december 13th 1975 yes it is on google but but it's it's for some reason not on the wikipedia page looking this up but do you think he 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 does sing nobody likes you when you're 43 uh i mean i'm pretty sure it's mark hoppus that has that line but okay so mark hoppus would be singing uh nobody likes you when you're 47 Tammy's four years older. I about he's to, the adult in the group. That makes sense. I was about to say he looks good for a forty-seven-year-old, but this photo is from eight years ago, so he would have been in his late thirties at that time. Yeah, he looks fine. They're all fine. They're rich. They've been rich since they were twenty-three. I, they got the best skincare regimen ever. I think it's more aliens. I think aliens are giving them them good skincare tips. You think uh, Mark Hoppus got the hookup from Tom DeLonge of the alien stem cells that you got to smear on your face every night before bed that w- that make you wake up at three in the morning so that twenty people stand around you and say something that sounds like English but you can't tell what they're saying? Let me let me hit you with this idea: uh, face masks that okay. look like the alien from Alien, like the face um, like the face like hugger. a xenomorph. Yeah, like the face oh, hugger. Like a face hugger. Like the face hugger variant. So when you put Does it on anything... your when you put it on your face, it you kind of look like you've been attacked by a face hugger. But also, you get mm. that good skincare. Don't face huggers like fuck you up real good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it, you wouldn't. It wouldn't come with like a tube that you have to like. Don't they like it, shit a little baby into your mouth that pops out of your stomach? No, nah, it comes out of your chest. Um hence the name chest oh sorry chest burst sorry four inches higher um yeah there there's a, they, they like do a, put a aren't they like a metaphor for rape are they okay yes yes and i hear hmm. what you're saying but i'm saying we could <laughs> we could do the face mask without needing to be intubated you don't need to be intubated I, I don't think i don't think you understand what i'm saying or what you're saying because this is a bad merch idea I think that there is a niche crowd out there that is both into aliens and also 
into uh, multi-step skincare routines. Hmm. How about like a face mask, but you put it on and it like looks like C-3PO? Yeah. They already That's did. a fun one. They do that with like Hello Kitty. Yeah. Yeah. They do it with Hel- Hello Normal. <laughs> Goodbye, Garfield. <laughs> All right. Let me. Fine. Fine. Let me try to make this more relevant to your things that you like. It's a face mask okay. that when you put it on, you look like uh, Newman. Jack and Sally, if I want to. <laughs> I took it home. All right, that's that's the last thing I have to say about Tom DeLong. I landed that UFO. I took that 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 triangle of pure light, and I just hovered there off the coast for fourteen hours, which is apparently impossible to do with the sources of energy that we know. Right. That's why you need. Zero point energy. It's true, which we may explore in a further topic, but I I got a call with a guy who works at Lockheed Martin in about five minutes, so just really hop off here. Alright, I do have to call uh Tom and let him know that I did this. <laughs> who do you think's um pick one, pick choose your fighter. Uh Tom Cruise, Tom DeLong. For fighting? Uh, well, just in terms of alien belief. Oh, alien belief? Oh, man, Cruz has got that Scientology thing that got going. I know, but that's like a thing that like is like books and they tell him information. Mark or Tom DeLong <laughs> Tom definitely DeLong. seems more independent. But but Tom Cru- Tom DeLong is out here in the streets on the phones gathering all the information yeah. himself. I, if if I had to like table or like lead like an organizing campaign i would definitely want the long mm-hmm. on my side because he seems like a hit the street kind of dude he seems like columbo uh tom cruise seems like the type of person that like he does believe in aliens but that's because they sat him down and told him like hey aliens are real and he's like cool and then he doesn't follow up cool. on that he just jumps on a couch or whatever i don't know that's a that was a, hey. a, t- a topical joke in th- 2003 I do. Yeah, you're you're getting there. You're on, you're on the money, baby. That's that's a retro vintage. We were talking uh, about Blink One Eighty Two. I figured we'd bring it back. Yeah, let's take it back to when when any of this is relevant. Um, I just remembered one thing I forgot to mention earlier, which was that um, Tom DeLonge does one hundred percent believe that the Vatican has knowledge of aliens. Uh, well, that's that's probably true. Yeah, that is yes. Because like. They've got all those old books that they won't let you read. Which, all the alien books. Right. Like the the apocryphal um, testaments where where Jesus and sat down with a bunch of aliens and had, like, the first Thanksgiving. The, um, yes, the, the book of Tom where a young baby Jesus says to Mary, Hey, Mom, there's something in the back room. I hope it's not the creatures from above. Ye used to readeth me stories. I'm not going to do this are, whole bit. Are these lyrics? <laughs> yeah, it's Aliens Exist by Flink 182. Okay, okay. That's, I didn't know if those were lyrics to a song or if you just were, like, having a stroke. In quoth, it. quoth. What if people knew that these were real? 
I'd leave my closet door open all night. I know the CIA would say, what you hear is all hearsay. I wish someone would tell me what was right. Well, thank God for General McClellan. <laughs> yeah, G- General George Mc- McClellan. <laughs> what was his name? I don't remember. <laughs> we got time before the test. Yeah, this is only the first week. That stuff never shows up. Yeah, we got like probably at least three or four weeks before there's a quiz. That's right. Oh yeah, what's our homework for next time? Uh, next time we're gonna talk about film. Uh, I thought you you seem to have like a thought. Oh yeah, I wrote it down. I actually wrote it down this time. Well, um, is it the Joker movie? Because I don't think the Joker movie comes out. No, it's while. not that. That's in the future. I think that's the midterm. This is um just a bad this could be the joker movie but just a bad example of um film making subcategory john travolta a bad movie to john travolta mm-hmm. okay see i want i would like to talk about good movies with john travolta i face off you know Bl- i blow i blow have... up Blow out, blow out. You research your John Travolta film, and I'll research my John Travolta film. All right, and then top we'll, five we'll have top five John Travolta films. It, they don't have to be the best. I'm just saying, you pick one, I pick one, and then we'll have some kind of John Travolta face off. Okay, but if you pick a goddamn Nicolas Cage movie, just to fuck with me. I will not record that episode. It's a good bit, but I'm calling it now, so you can't do it. What if we both pick Face Off? Then we're gonna, I guess, talk about Face Off for an hour and a half. Which doesn't seem like a complete waste of time. Ah, uh, some Any more than... <laughs> somewhat. Talking about goddamn Tom DeLonge and Zero Point Energy. That's true. So, all right, John Travolta, it is. John Travolta, it's always been. He's always, some people think that John Travolta's always been there. Um, He's the one that I want. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh, yeah. There it is. All right. Dan, this is going to bring us back to our roots. My mind is set on him. Uh, I I thought you were going to say, my mind's telling me no, and I was like, we can't, you can't make references to that anymore that man's bad you just made a reference what are you virtue signaling that you don't make r kelly jokes anymore i'm virtue signaling that (laughs) i think r kelly is a bad man and should be in jail yeah he is just seems a little forced there like you maybe actually do like r kelly Uh, wait you move two inches to your left no, R. Kelly. What's that peeking out? What's that? What's that poster on the wall peeking out behind you? <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Is that a I believe I can fly era R. Kelly? Poster? I, I do have the Space Jam uh, soundtrack memorized, huh? <laughs> Including one, two R. Kelly songs. Uh, no, I actually just have the Space Jam theme by Quad City DJs on twelve inch. So no R. Kelly there. Mm. But I do have a Blu-ray of Space Jam. Because the film is There's good. There's some R. Kelly there. You know what would make Space Jam better? 
if they redid it with Christopher Plummer singing <laughs> I Believe I Can Fly instead? <laughs> Do you think that would be a better I was uh, I was going to say John Travolta, but uh, I think Christopher Plummer is redoing all of the R. Kelly bits would be good. I agree. All right, let's 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 get out of class. All right, let's wrap it up. You got anything coming up? No, I mean, yeah, I don't, not not that I know of or anything that to talk about. Um, you you got something you want to tell the people to do? I mean, I, I guess what I can tell the people is uh, the SA is partnering with like five other organizations to do a climate change town hall on the twenty seventh at Urban Artifact. Um, so if people Ooh. in Cincinnati hear this and are uh, ter- for climate change, go and yeah, we we're demand in- change. Yeah, we want more climate change. It's definitely what this this town hall is going to be about. So cool. I got nothing, um, but I got a Instagram at bad underscore Luigi. I got a Twitter at bad underscore underscore Luigi. I got a MySpace at uh, Rockin' Nick SG69 uh, underscore 92 underscore 420. I got a Neopets account that's uh, Corvette Dude 73. Uh, my Venmo is um, Bone Daddy 6669. Um. I got a <laughs> GoFundMe for a toaster, but it's also an alarm clock. So when you go to snooze, you burn yourself. Uh, I know you 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 want me to hop in and play in this space, but I feel like I'm just gonna let you. Like I'm watching you edge further and further to a cliff, and I'm just waiting for you to like make that misstep of like, whoop, he's gone now. Uh huh. Um, you can check out my private Snapchat at um, only it's only fans. Nick Rue Dixpew, um, <laughs> forty two. You got a Wow Classic account? A what? A Wow Classic account? They just brought Wow Classic. No, back. but I got I got a Vampire Freaks for uh, my goth <laughs> my goth Sona. Uh. It's Nikki Sad Knives. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you can. There's a lot of dashes. You can you can find me online at the dashes uh, are. on Craigslist. Uh, where on Craigslist? Automobiles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, just, just type in Paul Vine. Automobiles. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll make it work. You'll see. I think. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Uh, hey, don't don't think too hard without us. Yeah, and don't do that thing that I said earlier about the spoons and the water. It's really bad. Don't do it. Stay away from those spoons, kids. Bye. Bye. <laughs>